Hey, everybody, it's another week of Snipes and Stripes. I'm so excited. You know why I'm so excited, Tim Peel? Why? Because we actually got hockey last night. I we know. We got to turn on the television and watch hockey after a whole summer off of watching baseball, which sucked. Um, so, well, I didn't watch a lot of baseball, but <laughs> everybody, welcome to Snipes and Stripes. I'm Jeremy Roenick here on NoFilter.net. Glad you can join us. My partner in crime, one of the best referees of all time, Tim Peel. Joining the show, Tim, you're feeling good tonight. You're ready to rock and roll. You know, uh, did you see our podcast number five on the podcast list for the hockey shows? Not that, bad after the first that, week. That's unbelievable, buddy. I'm pumped. I'm ready to go. Yesterday, I was so excited that the NHL season was starting. We had three good games to watch. Tonight, I think we've got six games to watch. It's the best, it's the best time of the year. We got a little baseball playoffs. We got hockey starting. It's awesome. I'm ready to rock it and is, roll. And football's in full swing. So, football's I mean, this is the best swing. time of the year for watching sports. There's no question about it. Um, I will say for everybody that's joining in, one of the great things about No Filter is we can bring you, the fan, on to get engaged with Fieldsy and I. You see the knock button on your screen. Hit that knock button. Sign in to the, into the app. And I will see that you're trying to get on and I will bring you on and we can have a conversation. You can ask a question. You can argue with us. You can tell us we're idiots. You can tell us that we're smart, whatever you want. But the greatest thing about doing a show is bringing in the fan and getting your opinions too. So we'll look forward to that. So let's lay, let's get right into it. We talked about the games last night. Listen, I give kudos, big kudos to ESPN for starting the season with three games back to back. I'm out here in the West Coast, so they started at 2.30. I watched hockey from 2.30 until I fell asleep. <laughs> I couldn't wait any longer to watch the end of the, uh, the Vegas game. But kudos to the to the ESPN. And we got to make a shout-out to our boy, Barry Melrose, oh. who just retired. We got to love Barry. He was one of the greatest ambassadors to hockey, one of the greatest ambassadors to the television world of hockey. And he made a lot of hockey fans really love the game. So, we hope that Barry Melrose is okay. Yeah, I agree, Jr. Uh, it's uh, it's very sad. Uh, Barry would not want us to be sad for him. I love the video that uh, that that ESPN actually released that that Wayne Gretzky, who works for TNT, uh, narrated, and it was about Barry, and it was a great story. And I didn't realize Barry's first game ever or first job ever coaching. He was coaching the LA Kings. He went from never coaching to I didn't know that. I thought he yeah, he had the long mullet. He looked like he was looked like he lived in LA, Mr. LA he, man, right? With the he series. is the best for people that have never met him. He's so humble. He makes everybody feel good. And and Barry, we're we're thinking about you. We love you. And uh there's a lot of hockey fans. I saw JJ Watt tweeted out something last night, you know, the longtime NFL linebacker. Yep. But I grew up loving uh, Barry Melrose, and I grew up a hockey fan and, and loving being a hockey fan because of Barry Melrose. So, you know what? Uh, I hope he's doing okay, and he's in Florida, and we're thinking about you, buddy. Absolutely. We would not – we would be – I would be very remiss and very mad at myself if we did not mention that. I'm glad you brought that up. But yeah. we had we had a couple of great games. Uh, we started last night and watched Tampa. Tampa snuck by Nashville. I th- I'll tell you what, Nashville impressed me a little bit. They had some bite. I was really impressed watching Ryan, Ryan O'Reilly play in his first game, scored a goal, got an assist. Uh, you know what you're going to get out of Forsberg. I thought the Soros played some good hockey. Uh, they get, just got caught in some penalty situations, and the power play for, for Tampa was, was so good. But I'll tell you, I think Tampa is going to struggle this year because I think their third and fourth line are no good. I think they're terrible especially the fourth line. And you know as well as I do, you can't win a Stanley Cup or win playoff rounds without a fourth line. That We saw that with Vegas last year. And Tampa's fourth line was god-awful. looked like some of them can barely skate. So uh, yeah. they stuck by the first one. But I, I don't see Tampa having a, a, an awesome season this year. It's it's going to be interesting, and that's a, a great point. You know, as I think we talked about in our first show, Coop's going to have a very challenging job this year. And, you know you need a third and fourth line in the NHL. He, they outshot uh, Nashville 13 to two in the first period. They looked pretty good, but over the long, over the next few months, like, I, I don't know. I, I love Coop. Maybe he can do it. Listen, they still got some great players with, with sure, Hedman, Kucherov, Stamkos, Point. Braden Point's one of the most underrated players in the NHL. Let's give it a month and, and reassess it in a month from now. But listen, Nashville Nashville plays a very disciplined game. Uh, 
you know, I think Barry Trotz will do a great job there as, as a general manager. Ryan O'Reilly's a phenomenal player. He's still got oh, gas yeah. left in the tank. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see uh, where it shakes out in a month from now. I think, I think Nashville's going to have a better season than everybody's giving them credit maybe for having. But um, So I don't want to spend too much time on that first game. Uh, it was, it was kind of anticlimactic. It was okay. Uh, the big yeah. game. The big game that everybody was talking about was Connor Bedard versus Sidney Crosby. Like, what is going to happen? Everybody's talking about Connor Bedard being the next best thing since Connor McDavid, the next best thing since sliced bread. Everywhere you turn, every station you turn it on, every article is about Connor Bedard, Connor Bedard, Connor Bedard, Connor Bedard. And I got to tell you, I got to tell you, he did not impress me last night. Um, Are you, come on, are you kidding me right now? What did he do? What did he do? Right from the start, I don't know. Right from the start of the game, he's in the locker room and he's going to get ready to go out for warm-ups and the kid forgets the stick. Like, I bet you, you got to stick, number one. So I bet you forgot your stick a few times, okay? Especially I never if, forgot my stick. My I stick guarantee you. I, important thing of all time. Yeah, I guarantee you if it was an afternoon game and you might have had a few too many pops the night before, nope, you never, forgot your not stick. A okay? Not a chance. Well, that was I'm my t- baby. That was my baby. You know how long it took me to tape it? I put almost so much. I, I've actually even slept with a hockey stick before <laughs> because I love it so much. I am not forgetting it going onto the ice. Now, granted, this kid has so much pressure on him. So many people are looking at him. So many people are talking about him. I can't even imagine the butterflies that were going through his body last night to start that game. Of, of course, which is why he did leave the stick in the locker room when he was going out for warmups. And he's playing against Sidney Crosby, who is his idol. His idol. Right. Um, but I think we got to give him a pass for last night. And I, you, you, you do really think that he looked good last night. I thought he looked great. I, I completely disagree with you. He, he, he what had, did he do? What he did had, he do? Okay, first of all, he had 12 shot attempts. He, got, he had five shots. Okay, he had, tw- he had 12 shot attempts. He, he had okay, nine. He missed, he missed on... 65% of his shots, okay, which he had five shots on net. How many power play shots were there? How many he power had, play shots? He were had there? nine zone entries, okay, which is which is tough to do against NHL. Four power play shots. You no. should get shots in a power play. I, I don't know if you're this this hard on your kids as, as you are on Connor Bedard. I, you know what? I, listen to me. Like, why shouldn't I be? The guys, whole National Hockey League and the whole hockey world is sitting here t- talking and telling us that Connor Bedard is a generational player and he's going to be the next best thing since Connor McDavid or as good as Connor McDavid. I, I, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If a guy is, the, and by the way, I'm not taking anything away from Connor Bedard. I think he's going to be unbelievable. I am just judging the first game. So I'm not being actually fair to the hype, yeah. but I also don't want to sit and watch television and watch, watch PK Subban, and Messier and Steve Levy and the guys that are calling the game say how great Connor Bedard was and how awesome it was just because they won the game. I I think your expectations are a little high for an 18 year old kid. And and going back, going, you're kind of of comparing him to Austin Matthews when Austin Matthews scored first four goals in his first game. He's got way more, way more hype than Austin Matthews. No, that's that's a valid point, but I I've gotten way more hype than Austin Matthews. I think way more. I think yeah, no, he has he definitely does. I okay, think but let overall, me ask you a question. Take away that. Did he do any dazzling moves that brought you out of your seat and but oh my god, holy shit. Well, the answer is no. Okay. <laughs> but listen, my, my expectations. Hey, my expectations when I'm watching a, a, a generational player a superstar. I I want to see in the course of a game two or three plays where I went holy crap. That make you go wow. Unbelievable. Right, right. Wow factor. Right. I I saw not one, not one wow factor from Well, him. let's tune in. He's he's in Boston tonight. Uh so I'm I'm going to tune into that game. Um and, and Absolutely. And, and he's going to feel much better, right? He's going to feel much more Absolutely. You know, he's playing against Sidney Crosby, his childhood hero. Uh, he had to be extremely nervous. I, I saw the press around his dressing room. It was like the Beatles were crazy. Pittsburgh. It's I, unbelievable. I, I, I personally think it's a little unfair to him. It is. I agree. It, 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 because it, 
he already has enough pressure within himself because he's that type of person, that type of player. Um, and now they, the, the amount, I mean, even Connor Bedard said, if I was, I would even, I'm saying they're talking too much about me. Right. I know. I like know. Enough already. You know what? I was, I wasn't disappointed in, uh, you know, because I, you and I disagree. I thought he had a good game, but what I am disappointed in oh, no. is I, I didn't say he didn't, I didn't say he didn't have a, well, you, you're his. You he didn't he didn't live up to the expectations that no. you kind of expected. Did he live up to them for you? Yeah, he did. He did. I like. What are you I, talking about? I thought he was good. I thought he was good for his first. But he's not supposed to be good. It's, it's he's not supposed to be good. It's Connor Bedard. He's supposed to be great. <laughs> he's supposed to be great. Now I also watched him defensively. I saw him lost in a couple defensive areas. Uh, out of position in a couple defensive areas. And granted, I'm being picky. No yeah, question. you are. I'm being very picky. But I can be picky. You know why? Because that's all I've heard of for the last five months is Connor Bedard. Connor well, Bedard, Connor Bedard. I can't go on NHL.com and not see Connor Bedard's picture on every every article. So I just think they're being a little unfair to him. I think he's going to be better tonight in Boston. Yeah. I hope he's better tonight. But his, his assist was no big deal. He made a little drop pass to the defenseman. The defenseman shot it on net. There was a rebound, and then they put it in the net. I know. That's that's not a great assist. Listen, it's a secondary assist. Cut it's the, still a point. Listen, it's cut the kids some slack. Let's watch. Let's let's watch some more games, okay. and then, then still, we'll go. Then we'll come back. Still, but you know what? I was disappointed in Pittsburgh, Jr. This is a team that is all in right now. They are all in. They have to be. It, you know, Sid Crosby, unfortunately, I was thinking about it last night watching the game. I'm like, God, I'm going to be sad when this guy retires because he's been so good for the league. He's been unbelievable. I don't know how many good years he's got left. Malkin's average now. You know, he's still a good player, but uh, Carlson didn't do anything for me last night. Latang was Exactly. Latang was average. That team is the oldest team in the NHL. Their, thir- their average age is 30.8, which is kind of scary. And I thought about it today, I'm like, so when they play younger teams, like a team like Chicago last night, do they just run out of gas in the third period? Because that's what it looked like against they Chicago. They, they were awful the second part of the game. And you know what You know what worries me more? And I think Sid, Sydney, I, believe, I agree with you with Sydney. When Sydney retires and Malkin retires, it's going to be a sad day in my world. It's going to be, it's going to be a sad day. There's no question about it. But what, what, irks me and what would bother me if I was Mike Sullivan on the bench. They, they've been sitting around for a long time waiting to play because yeah. they didn't make the playoffs. First time in 16 years, 17 years. That and, who'd they, and who'd they lose to, JR, right? Who did they lose to? They lost to the worst team in the league, Chicago Blackhawks, and the second worst team in the league, the Columbus Blue Jackets. And all they needed to do is beat those two and they win. Okay? So Sidney Crosby's mad already. And if everybody else in that locker room is not mad that they missed the playoffs and they lost to Chicago, who really ended their playoff hopes for last yeah. year, wouldn't you think last night that they wanted to run them right out of the building? Listen, Peter, they, they made Peter, they made Peter Morazic look like Patrick Waugh or Marty Berdur. Like the, I know the guy can kind of play. He's kind of a hot and cold goaltender, but they're up two nothing on the Chicago Blackhawks, who does not have a very good team this year. They do not have a very good team. The killer instinct of the Penguins that I remember with Sid was they would put him away in the third period, and I didn't see that. And it concerns me because I had picked Pittsburgh with the additions that they had. I picked Pittsburgh come, making the playoffs this year. But after watching last night, I don't know. You got You have to question it. And and I, I do agree with you. I, I really do. With some of the additions that they made, I, I picked them to make the playoffs also. But you also have to look, and let's give the Blackhawks credit. They kept banging. They kept yeah. working. They kept coming at him. What Corey Perry did was awesome. You know, he's had a great game last night. Um, he had some great scoring opportunities. Yeah, he played great. He, he did. Right? I, give the team credit. Yes, Mrazek was good. But the referees, ugh, the referees, and this is what I want to talk to you about, especially in the third period, the Latang penalty, which was just a little battle in front of the net and a push. And the guy goes down, you call a cross check. He didn't even take away a scoring chance. It was probably one of the most ticky tacky baby calls that I've ever seen in a game one situation. And it almost seemed like Kelly Sutherland, who we who we know and love, who's a yep. great ref, 
phenomenal was being a little bit helpful to the Blackhawks to get him on a power play in the third period when they're down a goal. Just well, and, and he, you know, I'm not saying he did do it, but going back to the second period, the, there was a high stick uh, with Noel Achari on Tyler Johnson and they, they, they brought in Dave Jackson, the rules expert. And Dave said, yeah, the officials have done a good job here. They got together. They're going to call a double minor because they were trying to figure out, was it the puck that, that hit Tyler Johnson or the stick? They called the double minor. They went and reviewed it. I thought 100% they're coming back and Chicago's going to have a four-minute power play. And they come back and they said, no, uh, there's no penalty on the play. And then I Jack love the I love, and then I love the reverse I call. Think, I think it's a terrible call. I, I don't know what Hockey Ops was, was doing because that, to me, has been a penalty in the NHL for the last 25 years. But what's it called? The guy what's was called? bent over a bit. What, what's it called? What's the penalty? It's called high sticking. Now, the rule how, is... How do you have a high stick when you have the stick right next to you with the way you're supposed to hold a stick and because there's a, a guy who's five seven five eight who also goes down and makes contact as he's going down into no. the stick how it's is that a, high stick no that's a penalty that's a penalty i'm gonna i'm gonna read you the rule the high stick is one which is carried above the height of the opponent's shoulders so yeah exactly it wasn't above the opponent's shoulders correct but what i'm saying is over the history of the last 25 years that if you before video review, if you called that penalty and I had a boss at the game, he would come down after and say and would say, "Hey, good catch on the high stick." He wouldn't say, uh, "Well, he was bent over and it wasn't above you're, the high." You're, you're forgetting something. You're forgetting something. We do have instant replay now. I understand, but what I'm saying is, even be, even without having instant replay, the last two or three seasons that I was in the league. 99 that that penalty was called all the time i am i can tell you right now kelly sutherland and uh, uh brad kovacic the linesman and the other the rest of the crew they were shocked when that call got overturned but they were shocked when they when that call got overturned because they felt that they got it right and i and i'm telling you right now jr i feel like they got it right and, well, to go, and, that's, and that's the difference between players and referees, because you guys always think you got it right, and we always think <laughs> that you got it wrong. We always think that. But when you when you have a when you have a very small player in stature like Johnson, and you have a guy who's holding a stick in a hockey position and does not elevate it, and the guy falls into the stick, he that no, you you can probably call you can probably call interference on Tyler Johnson for hitting the stick. No, I watched the I watched the replay half it up three or four times today. The stick comes up and hits him in the face. You're wrong, but it's okay for you to be wrong. I'm just telling you. Now to go back, you can't you can't you can't call a penalty when the stick has not come up above the shoulders. Of yes, the she player. Can. Yes, she the can. The player went below his own shoulders. No, yes, so she you can. read the rule. And then you also contradicted yourself about having instant replay. So the instant replay showed that they got it wrong and they got, they got told. Okay. So move on to, move, move on to uh, Chris Letang. We've talked about that. We talked, I, I just don't understand why they won't let players battle in front of the net the way that we used to, at least a little bit. Like the Latang barely, barely touched him in the shoulders and was pushing him out of the way. And the guy fell down. He looked like a soccer player. And I think it was Tyler Johnson. I think it was Tyler Johnson again. Again. And and Latang said he's been flopping all night. And I I can tell you right now, Kelly Sutherland was the referee in the neutral zone, you know, 80 feet from the play, 60 feet from the play that made that call. If he looked at that play after the game, he'd go, "Eh, that wasn't a good call. You and I talked, we, you texted me last night. You said, is that a penalty? I go, no, that's not an NHL penalty. An NHL penalty for cross-checking is extending the arms with, for, with force and so on. That's not an, that is not the standard that the NHL wants. That is not the standard that the NHL wants uh, or can even uh, uh, be consistent. You can't keep that throughout the season. So I agree. Um, I totally agree. I, I agree sure with that. I, I agree with your set. I agree with your with your referee assessment on that one. Yeah. Um, this is my last. This is my last comment on the Hawks Penguins game. Did you happen to catch the interview before the game 
with Sidney Crosby and Bedard sitting in a locker room, all dressed up, looking at each other. Do you sorry, see that? Sorry, I'm falling asleep when you asked me that question because it was freaking, <laughs> I, it was in I was excited when I saw Bedard and Crosby in the screen awesome. room doing an interview. They're in their gear. I'm like, this is going to be awesome. It was like watching paint dry. It was terrible. Dude, they went to commercial and they said Sidney Crosby is going to interview Connor Bedard. I went, what? Yeah, Sidney Crosby's going to interview Bernard. It's going to be awesome. I had to, I had to go to the bathroom. I didn't go to the bathroom because I didn't want to miss this. So I'm, I'm sitting on pins and needles. I'm getting ready to watch the interview, and they sit down, and I'm like, and it's over. And I went, what just happened? They didn't say anything. They looked, they looked like they were bored, like they didn't want to be there. Connor Bedard is sitting in front of his idol, Sidney Crosby, getting ready to play in the first game. And he's like, well, I don't, you know, I don't know, Sid. And, you know, it's going to be fun playing against you. And monotone, yeah. monotone is the MF. It was like, terrible. It was terrible. I will say Crosby got a little bit okay when he's like, when he says, hey, take it easy on me tonight, kid. Okay, that was good. That was but, it. But come on, guys, show some energy, show some enthusiasm, show some, some pizzazz, some personality. It was the worst I was so disappointed, man. But see, that, this is the problem. You had pizzazz. You had personality. There were certain players in the NHL that have it. That's kind of the problem with these young players coming up right now. You you interview Austin Matthews. It's it's the same. It's the same thing. It's like watching paint dry. It's painful. And it I and painful. players, players ask painful. me. They go, well, "What was Connor McDavid like when you reffed him? What was Austin Matthews like?" I go. I don't know. Like they never talk. Okay. I okay. I get it though. But let me ask you a question. Okay. I wonder whether the National Hockey League or the teams are telling these kids that they they listen. Let's not let's not be you know superstars on television. Let's not be all you know. Be you PK know, Subban. Buoyant. Let's not be all PK Subban. Let's not be all Jr. Sort of like rah 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 me. Let's stay. I wonder if I wonder if they do that. Number one. But my question to you is. How are these guys on the ice? Are they monotone? Are they quiet? Are they, do they say anything? Like Sidney Crosby doesn't talk to you like that on the ice, does he? No, Sidney Crosby has got a lot of emotion on the ice. That's what I loved about Sid. Like we got into a lot of FU contests on the ice and then he'd really? see you, he'd see you the next shift and he'd, he'd be pat you on the ass and go, are we good, Peelsy? I go, absolutely, we're good. I so remember. Why, why, does he, why does he bring that passion and that attitude? I don't know. You know what? Shame on the NHL if if that's what they do as far as uh, you know curtailing these these young players' emotions because we need more emotion. I remember Brian Boyle from Tampa a few years ago. He was yelling at me from the bench. We were getting into it, and and he came out in the ice and he said to me, "He goes, hey Peelzy, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have yelled." I said, "Stop right there." I go, "Don't you ever apologize for emotion?" I said, "Emotion is good for our game." I'm going to give it back to you. You're old, old, one of your probably one of your old nemesis, Adam Foot. We were going up the ice one night. It was fu fu the whole way up the ice. He, we were going at it. You know, he was a competitor. He was a warrior. He came back on the next next shift, tapped me on the ass. He goes, "Are we good?" I said, "Absolutely." That's yeah. good for the game. Emotion's yeah. good for the game. Hundred percent. Yeah, we got, we got to find a way to get more because you know what. It leads to better commercials. It leads to more people watching, more people interested. And to tell you the truth, these kids will make more money. I, not that they need to make more money, but they'll get more. They'll get more excite, excited fans to watch them. They will come and watch because of that. Um, I do want to say something. Rock and Reese said something, something really cool. Rock and Reese said twelve games last year that the Penguins lost when leading in the third period, and they did it again in the first game. So that's a great stat, Rock and Reese. I appreciate it. Um, we're gonna, we, we've talked about a lot of our fans. I'm going to go to the knock buttons because we have one of my favorite people, one of my most eclectic friends, and one of my most non-hockey that I've turned hockey fan into John Duffin out in Philadelphia. He is a Philadelphia fan, so I'm sure he's watching the Phillies right now because they are in the baseball playoffs, and he's kind enough to join us here tonight. We'll bring him on. and Eclectic. Um, <laughs> yeah, you are very eclectic, John. Like it. <laughs> it's one of the things that I love about you, because you <laughs> love life. You live life to the fullest. You don't care what people think about you. You're also a motivating speaker. You, 
you help Thank other people's you. lives and you've been a big fan of of my shows and now you get to meet the legendary Tim Peel. Right. And um Tim Peel, like I said again, we just instant about 10 minutes before the show went on. So first off, congratulations to both of you. It, it, it's great to have the energy. And as you were talking about like ESPN and, and the NHL and maybe coaching in regards to like the play-by-play and stuff and the lack of energy thereof, that's why these these shows are important for hockey fans, non-hockey fans. It, it's the energy, man. It, it's like if you're trying to bring people on board, whether it's through this podcast, whether it's through the NHL, it, it's like that. It, it's all about the energy. So first off, thanks to both of you for all of that. Um, and I, I'm thrilled to see you guys. And I said, I really appreciate it. So what's, what's the, uh, what's the energy around Philly right now? Obviously you got. Oh, go Phil's go yeah. Phil's. Because right? we got the, the Eagles. Eagles are, to be 29. Five so five and oh, um, are the flyers, are the flyers going to bring down that mojo? I, I, well, I sure hope not. Well, I, and I sure hope not either. But this is the the prognostication that I just read today was the Flyers are predicted to be 29th in the NHL. So it's not as if they're yeah yeah that face you made. Um, and the other thing, which is really what will be my question, which is this: the expectations are almost zero in terms of this year, which which can be lethal in regards to fan base, all that sort of thing, and any level of interest. But you were talking about Connor Bedard and his first game at 18 and all that stuff. And 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 the hope, I would hope, would be just to let the young players play. But the question is, a major franchise in a major city, just turning this into a exhibition season, yeah. is that too risky? Like, that's, that's my thought is, what do you do when you have a limited amount of talent and you're still trying to develop to improve in future years. How do you think they're going to go? Yeah, it's it's a it's a great question. I'm going to let you go, John, because it was awesome, and um, I'll let you. Thank you guys. Our answer. Yeah. Uh, we'll see Appreciate you next you. week. I love you to death, but that's a great answer. And Thank maybe you. maybe the two of us can can kind of break that down as the Flyers go. Um, it's definitely very disappointing to me where the Flyers are, where the Blackhawks have been. Um, sorry, I'm using hitting all my my buttons on my screen. Um, I really think that Danny Briere is going to change this team around. I think he knows what it's like to be a Philadelphia Flyer. It's going to take him some time. I love that Keith Jones is up in the front office helping. I think they got some guys around there. John LeClaire is now um, in, in that, that role over there. There's a other couple guys that I do know that have that Flyer mentality that mm-hmm. ap- after a certain time, John, uh, and it is going to take some time, that they will they will turn this team around. But just like any other team, they're going to have to be at the bottom of the barrel in order to get some of these top picks, these ones, twos, and threes, in order to get that player that is going to change that. Now, I think the player that they got, this Russian kid, they can get this Russian kid away from the from the Soviet from uh, from the, yeah. the Russian league and can come over. I think he's going to be dynamic. I think it was a it was a gutsy pick, but I think it's one that when it does come to fruition, when he does come here, he's going to light it up and it's going to be great. Yeah, that's right. It's Mitkoff. That's right. Thanks, Luch. Mitkoff, so, yeah. Um, I don't know. I I want the Flyers to do well. I I know you're kind of a Flyer fan. Yeah, I love the, I love the Flyers, and I, I just just to piggyback on what you said, it's the exact same. I think Danny Breer is going to do a good job. Your old colleague uh, Keith Jones, one of the nicest guys in the business, gets it, treats people the right way. Is just a really good human being. I think they're going to do a, a tremendous job there. It'll take them a while to turn things around. But I think I don't think it'll take as long as they as they think. But I got to give uh, I got to give John a little shot because I know he's still listening and he's he's in the Philly mode right now. I'll switch to baseball, John. I know you remember when Chris Carpenter in Game Seven pitched against Roy Halladay, rest in peace, Roy, in Philly, and the Cardinals won one nothing over the Philadelphia. Uh, Phillies. It was a phenomenal game. They both, I think, they both pitched complete games. It was, it, it was incredible. But John Phillies saying, "Oh brother," John saying, "Oh brother." Yeah, Austin exactly. Philly's yeah. a great, great town, and uh, you know, the 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 fans. Every every fan base deserves it, but the fans are are so phenomenal. Well, I love they the Philly fan it. base. I, I love the Philly fan base. I think they're going to be great. 
Um, I'm going to wish them all the best of luck, but still they do need a couple one, two picks in order to really change that, uh, that, that, um, that club around. So uh, I want to, I want to move on real quick because I want to, I, I do want to talk about a few games that are going on tonight, but I just want to finish off real quick. We got to give props to the Las Vegas golden Knights for the way that they came out last night. Here's a team that, that partied all summer with the Stanley cup. Yeah, They were the best team by far on the ice at the end of the season last year. They had a huge ceremony where they're pulling down long, you know, <laughs> big arm bandits on the ice. They're showboating everywhere. There was music everywhere. It was an unbelievable celebration of a Stanley Cup pregame, which you know and I know when teams do that, they come out flat and as shit and they end up losing the game and getting outworked. And the Golden Knights absolutely ran Seattle out of the building last night. It was 4-1. It could have been 9-10-2 last night. And the Golden Knights are the real deal. They played exactly like they played in the playoffs in game one and impressed me more than any team that I've seen in a long time in an opening game after winning a championship that worked harder than any team I've ever seen in game one. It was such an impressive team to watch. The way that they went after the puck, their pursuit of the puck, their hits, their stick work, their passing decisions, their their goal scoring, their moves, their goaltending. It was from front to back an absolute display of championship caliber that we want to see in the National Hockey League. Yeah, very impressive, uh, JR. You know, you hit every every point there. They've just got a solid hockey team and Everyone's wow. picking. Everyone's picking Colorado, but man, you got to knock the big boys off first. And I'm watching that team last night, and like you, I'm so impressed by them. They're so good defensively. Aiden Hill looks like a giant in net. Like he, mm-hmm. he's kind of you know well, he has come out of nowhere. It's incredible. They got a great D. They've got good forwards. Marchessault's unbelievable. Uh, you know, it's they're it's, full. It, their, their, fourth, their fourth line was better than their second line. Their third line sometimes is as good as their first line. You know, they but picked you know, up they picked up Barbashev. They picked up Barbashev from St. Louis. Awesome. Awesome pickup at the trade deadline. They give him a four or five year contract. He deserves every bit that he's getting. That kid, I watched him here in St. Louis. He's a phenomenal player. They're gonna be tough again this year, man. I would not Yeah, they're going to. You know, I I, I, I pride myself a lot on watching watching the game and being a very big critique guy of where these guys pass the puck. I yell at the television when I see a defenseman just throw the puck aimlessly because he doesn't know where to put with it or he makes a bad decision or he panics. Um, behind the net, full-length rushes, tip in, you know, tip the puck in, let's go chase for the puck. I was so impressed watching the Golden Knights use each other and support each other and make very technical, well-thought-of, well-decisioned passes Mm -hmm. that I didn't even think that they were going to do. I didn't even see at some points. And they look this way, pass it, and it's tape to tape, tape to tape. And I saw saw Seattle going like this. Where'd they go? Where'd it go? Where's the puck? And they were like, like running around like there were chickens with their heads cut off because Vegas just totally overwhelmed them with their precision. And Jack Eichel really didn't do a lot last night, but wait till he gets going. Like, I don't no, know if he worked. He worked. I don't know if you're, on the, if you're on the same page as me, but when he was in Buffalo, I, I wasn't a big Jack Eichel fan. But man, me too. Me last, too. last year he took his game to a whole new level, and uh, he's an well, incredible he did what I think he, you know, he had a lot of injuries. I think he was on a bad team. I think he, he was getting a broad deal in a lot of situations. Um, he was because of his injury. He he um, he got into an argument with his with his team about his own well health and well being. He's he's in a place where he wants to be, and I think Jack is showing why he was so highly regarded in, in, in the draft. Right, Jr. I'm watching that pregame show, and I'm watching the fans, and I'm you saw the the video of their Stanley Cup rings, right? Yeah. Who would not want to play in Vegas? Huh, are like, you kidding me? Petrangelo, I saw his house in Vegas. It's unbelievable. The fan, the, the, I worked their first year in the NHL. I was working a Tuesday night game there against Buffalo. Tuesday night game. 
you would have thought it was game seven of the Stanley Cup finals. Like yep. their production, they, it is all Vegas. Like when they're pulling the slots last night and the cherries are running around, then a pull. Is that not unbelievable? Like it's, they, uh, it's, 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 it's so it's the best place to watch a hockey game. If nobody if nobody has seen a game in Vegas, I highly, highly, highly suggest going out there and watching any team go in there to play the, the Golden Knights. It is it's the best nightclub that has a hockey game going on inside. Right. It's just awesome. <laughs> and I will tell you this too: the Golden Knights organization is so first class. They they give so much access to the media. They give access to their fans. They are, they know how to do it right, and they know how to take care of their fans and their players. I'm gonna go out again. I'm gonna bring in another another guest, Rock and Reese. Uh, we see I see him on the chat. He's bringing in a lot of really cool things that he's been saying on the chat. So we'll let Rock and Reese come on board. There he is. What's up? What's up, What's up, Tim? What's up Tim? Hey, what's going on, yeah. my man? Where 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 are you uh, watching from? Um, we're watching from um, Durham, North Carolina. So fantastic. I got I the kid. Yeah. Uh, although the kids playing right now, there was no way I was missing a chance to talk to you, man. Uh, <laughs> I used to be from Philly, so um, I used to, I used to like cheer for you on the Flyers a lot, dude. Jr. So I love it. I love it, Reese. Well, I'll tell you what. I picked Carolina tonight. I bet a couple hundred bucks on them tonight against Ottawa, but they're down one nothing. Are you a Carolina fan as well? Uh, yeah, man. It's like this team. Like since I moved here, it was like it's crazy. Like with Aho and Fost and all these guys, and I had to tell you, like that that Eastern Conference Finals last year was uh, it was a heartbreaker, man. Because it's like, <laughs> I can, yeah, I can especially imagine. that first game because like so being up to two in the morning and yeah. Well, and you know what, Reese? I think you guys, honestly, I think Carolina was the better team. I think they're the. I think they're a better team this year than Florida. I don't think Florida will do what they did last year, and so it must have been tough to watch because Carolina they're strong up front. They've got great goaltending. They got a phenomenal uh, back end in, in their defensemen. I think you guys are in for. You, well, I know you guys are in for a great year. Yeah, and like you got, uh, you got, a, you got a question for us. Mentioned. Oh yeah, and to a point that Jr. mentioned, like yeah, fourth line you gotta have that all the way, but um. Yeah, I have an individual question for each of you. Um, Tim, my question for you. As a referee, how did you manage to keep out of the path of the puck while still being able to um, <laughs> still be able to keep your eyes on the action? Because I'm pretty sure that as fast as that puck's moving, the players are coming at you. It's like how to not impede. Uh, they the did. They got, they got in the way all the time, Reese. They yeah, got in we, the way yeah. all the time. No, you know what, Reese? It's a great question, and, and thanks for watching the show tonight. Thanks, Reese. It, you take it, care, buddy. Thanks, guys. It becomes, it, Reese. It becomes tougher as you get older, and uh, but uh, Reese, when you when you when the show's finished, you go on YouTube tonight. There's a great play of Robert Bortuzzo, the year the the Blues won the Cup in St. Louis, and Robert Bortuzzo shoots the puck in, and it hits me right in the groin area. And it's and I'm in the corner, and it skirts all the ways across the goal line, and it re- beats Roberto Luongo. It was unbelievable that it hit me and went all across the goal line and beat Roberto Luongo. And the best part of the story is I go off because I'm kind of disheveled. I'm like, what the heck just happened? You must have and, one hell of a curved stick, right? Exactly. <laughs> and I go in the dressing room. I come back a few minutes later, and Roberto goes, "Peelsy, are you okay?" I said, "Yeah." I said, "But guess what?" I'm going to be able to say I scored on Roberto Luongo for the now the best part though, Jr. Two nights later, I'm working the Blackhawks in Florida. Yeah, but guess what, Peelzy? Guess what? You didn't have a Roberto Luongo after it hit you. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm in Chicago two nights later, and they're starting uh, James Reimer's the backup goalie. They're starting Reimer in Chicago. We're skating around. We're skating around. Lou comes right up to me. He goes, Timmy. He goes. They won't even start me now when you're roughing our games. <laughs> <laughs> That's, awesome. That's awesome. I've got the puck back here in my office. The off-ice official came in and gave me the puck. First NHL goal. It was unbelievable. You, you scored against a Hall of Fame goaltender. That was yeah. Question. Well, thanks, thanks, Reese, for that question. We're gonna go. We're gonna go in again and, and bring Luch on. Uh, you got you got to love these. You got to love the fans coming on and, and and asking their questions and get involved in the show. It's one of the greatest things about no filter 
by the way, which our show is sponsored by Whiskey in the Wild. Go to whiskeyinthewild.com and enjoy a little glass of chocolate whiskey with me. I'm going to have every show. So um, we'll wait for Luch to kind of jump on and click on click on the show, whether he's still there watching. But I think it, I, I always wondered that, too. Like, you guys got four four referees, two linesmen, two referees. It's a, there's not too much space out there in the speed. No. I was always impressed how you guys were able to – really stay out of the way of the game because I, not too often that I would find where I had to yell at the ref to get the hell out of the way, but you guys do such a good job. Do they teach you that? And, 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 and yeah, you know what? They don't really teach it to you, JR. It's kind of something that you just learn yourself. It's, it's as a hockey player, you, you know, you, you kind of know where to go and, and, and read the play. And it's the same thing as an official, you need to read the play you know, but it goes back to how the game's changed so much. You know, you think about years ago, you look at umpires, for example, with, with baseball. A lot of them are overweight, okay? Next time the fans that are watching the show and listening to the show, next time you go to a hockey game, watch when the four officials come out before the game. They are, these guys are jacked, especially oh. the last the last couple of years when I was working. How about Sivvy? How about Sivvy? Sivvy's like the, the Jolly Green Giant. Like he massive. was, he was six foot nine without skates on. He was seven two with skates on, and <laughs> as a linesman in the National Hockey League, it was unbelievable. Mike Civet, but I'd been in the dressing room the last couple of years of my career, and they'd hire they were hiring all these young guys because we got a lot of turnover. And I'd look at these kids when they're getting undressed. I'm like, you look like an Abercrombie and Finch model. You're all just ripped, eh? I'm about, like, how about remember Jay Shares? Jay Shares is one of the Jay, best ever. One of the one best. Of the- when the bet, but he was big and strong. I remember getting into a fight one time, and Jay, and Jay got in there. He threw me around like a rag doll, and I was fighting somebody pretty tough. And he just threw me around. I'm like, thank God I wasn't fighting you, Jay. <laughs> okay, okay, Jr. It was crazy how strong he was. Um, but we'd no, come in. At, you'll love this because because you can relate to it. We'd come in after, especially my last two years. We'd finish the game. We'd come in. And the guys, the rookies are making their protein shakes and, the, you know, all their bio steel and all this stuff. And they go and the, the rookies are really good in our, with the officials, just like they, they are with yep. the players. The rookie officials would say, hey, PLZ, what would you like? And I'm like, give me a Bud Light out of the cooler and they'd get me a beer or whatever, whatever kind of beer I was happen to be drinking. And but I laugh because they're making their protein shakes. It's not Bud Light. It's, cor- it's not Bud Light. It's Coors, Coors Light. Coors Light. Definitely. Maybe Stella. You know, we need a Stella sponsor, maybe. Who knows? So, yeah, it's uh, these guys are they're ripped. They're ripped. You got to watch them. They're phenomenal skaters. No, it's awesome. So tonight we got a couple great games uh, to watch. Uh, we just talked about Connor Bedard, Chicago's in Boston. That game just started. Montreal, Montreal is again making the Toronto Maple Leaf fans giving them fits. It's one nothing Montreal. It's oh, one nothing Montreal towards the end of the first period. Our buddy Joe who's the biggest Montreal Canadian fan who is um, he's our boss here at no filter. He's, he's like plus 300. I'm putting money on Montreal. They always beat Toronto. In the first that was game. a good play. Uh, it is that a was a good play. play. Right. They are, they are the Toronto Maple Leaf killers to start every season because you know, Toronto Maple Leaf have already, they've already, they've already like set up the parade for the end a of the parade. year. Then yeah. after game one, they go, we suck. We suck. <laughs> We're terrible. <laughs> so it's one nothing. It's one nothing for Montreal. Um, don't 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 go out and spend that money yet because I still have faith that Toronto is going to come back in this game. So yeah, uh, we got a great we got a great late game tonight. We got Colorado at oh. LA. I think two two teams that have a real shot to win the Stanley Cup. I think Calgary uh, is going to make a push this year. I think they were embarrassed last year. I want to see Huberdeau wake up and, and realize that he's actually a high-paid, very good player and not whine that he's sitting in Calgary uh, right now. And I think, you know, Calgary is going to be much better this year. Our our buddy uh, our buddy Panger's doing that game on TNT tonight, uh, JR, the L.A.-Colorado game. That's a game I want to watch. L.A.'s got a tremendous team. Colorado. Colorado. Uh, I, I didn't know this, but Jonathan Drewen, who signed with Colorado in the offseason, he played with Nathan McKinnon in, in junior hockey, mm-hmm. and they've been playing them together on on a line together. So it'll be interesting to see because Drewen, as you know, he's kind of been average in his career, right? He's just kind of never really 
Into, yeah, it just never, it never, never panned out. Lived up to those expectations, that's right? I think he's afraid of his own shadow. You know, I think he's not that tough. I don't think he likes to go in the high traffic areas, and I think he has a little bit more higher expect expectation or view of himself than that's how a good he can point. Really play. Yeah, yeah. The uh, going back to Calgary, you know what? It'll be interesting to see. I hate, I don't, I am not going to sit here. I can't, I can't beat up on Daryl Sutter. Daryl Sutter, I love the Sutters. Um, for Me whatever too. reason, for whatever reason, the players didn't like to play for Daryl. No, no, a few players. A few players. A few players that come from, that came from the country of Sweden. You, you guys on the show can, you guys can look at the roster and you can depict which ones, but it's the certain guys from Sweden that literally set up and came together and said, we don't want to play for this guy anymore. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's BS. I think that's bullshit, but uh it happens in sports. Uh I can't say that I didn't that I liked all my coaches because <laughs> I didn't. Um there's only one that I wanted to get fired, and that was Don Hay. Uh and I did not care whether everybody knew that I wanted to get him fired. But um Where did I, he I, where did Don Hay coach you? That he in Phoenix. He was my first coach oh, in Phoenix. And, right, and, and I right. It was like it was like it was it was uh it was an East Coast East Coast League coach. And was I he a terrible coach? He was a terrible coach, and he didn't like me. And I heard a rumor that he tried to get rid of me for a bag of pucks because he didn't like me. So, uh, it's kind of probably one of the reasons why I didn't like him. But that's that's a story for another day. Um, um I had think, a lot of great think, coaches. Do you think Calgary can be a playoff team? I do. I I, I think they're going to be a wild card team. I, I don't think they're going to be up there in their division, but I think they're going to be a wild card team. I think they're they have the they have the players. I think uh, Kadri is going to have a better year. Um, he better. He yeah, better. I think Huberto is going to have a better year. Kadri um, was terrible last year. And all the players there know why Sutter got got fired, and they they're going to be they're going to be under scrutiny too. So their players going to be looking at some of these some of these guys making sure that they play the right way this year. So and, I'm and actually he, looking forward to Calgary. I love Calgary. I love the city. I love the fans. Oh, I um, love I'm it. A big fan. I'm so, a big fan of, I'm a big fan of Jacob Markstrom, the goalie. He's, he's one of the nicest guys you'd ever meet. He's got to have a rebound year. He yeah. wasn't very good last year. We're going to, we're going to bring in another guest. We're going to bring in Anthony Carlucci to maybe chat about uh, something at the end before we wrap up the show. See what kind of question he has. But um Again, we got a lot of really good games uh, this year. What's up, Anthony? Oh, we got a, I love this guy already, JR. He's got a Blackhawk jersey on for you, and he's got his referee jersey in the background. He's representing yeah. everything. He's got the Rangers hat on. He's got the Hawk shirt. And yeah, he, he, bring, he brings on my partner and gets the zebra, the zebra stripes in the back. Anthony, I love your passion. I love, I love you coming on the show. Where are you coming in from? Uh, I'm in Brick, New Jersey. Home. Home of Jimmy Dowd. Jimmy Dowd. That's right. Oh, Jimmy Dowd. Well, listen, you do have a Ranger shirt on, I mean, hat on, but you do have one of the best teams in the National Hockey League right down the street from you. <laughs> Clark Griswold. Good old Clark. I love the, the vacation reference. I love that, too. But you're a Ranger fan. You're not a New Jersey yeah. fan. New Jersey's arguably probably a better team. You know that, Oh, right? yeah. Yeah, without a doubt, I think picking up the Foley over the uh, the off season that definitely helped them out with the two Hughes brothers. I mean, how can you go wrong with these guys? You got Timo Meyer now. You know, so, they're, they're, so they're are you at those game. games when it's a Ranger Ranger jersey game? Are you there? Oh, you're definitely not missing it. I can I can probably imagine that, right? Well, uh, unfortunately, I went to the uh, <laughs> the preseason Rangers Rangers Devil game. Uh, what was that last week? And the Rangers got got beat got beat up by the Devils. I I love I love that they gave Lindy Ruff an extension today. And last year after Game Two, they were fi they were chanting "Fire Lindy!" Like it's unbelievable. Lindy and Lindy, as you know, Jr. Lindy Ruff's one of the nicest guys you'd ever meet. Tommy Fitzgerald in New Jersey's doing an incredible job. Awesome. The players obviously love to play for him. It's a fun time to be a Jersey fan. Yeah, it really is. Anthony, what's uh, you got a question for us? I just I wanted to just say that uh, I, I came across one of your videos the other day, and it was of you dancing on the ice. <laughs> you know, it's so I was on a plane. I was cool on a game. plane. I was on a plane coming back from Italy, and I scroll through TikTok all the time, and I scrolled through, and I saw this TikTok that said, "This is why hockey players are great." I said, "Hey, that's me." 
that was the that was the best from calling a gang. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll tell you, I got I got a lot of shit from my general manager at the time with LA. Uh, I I didn't really care. Um, I, was that Dean Lombardi? Yeah, Dean Lombardi gave me so much shit about doing that and um, said I embarrassed the team. I'm like, no, I didn't. I said I had fun with the fans. It was a preseason exactly. game in Las Vegas. Preseason game in Las Vegas. Who doesn't want to have fun? 20 right? minutes that the game stopped because they couldn't fix the glass. So you know what I did? I entertained the fans. That's what you're supposed to do. I didn't embarrass anybody. That's exactly that was, what needs to get out of the game, right? It, is that kind of mentality. I wouldn't. It, I didn't let anybody tell me I couldn't do it. Screw that. Exactly. That was great. Well, I appreciate that, Anthony. Hey, listen, make sure you tune in every week, okay? We really appreciate you coming on and supporting. And th thanks for supporting quick, even the referees. Quick shout out to uh, to uh, Barry Melrose with, uh, you know, having Parkinson's. I just want to let you guys know that my brother's got Parkinson's, the same thing. I'm sorry. He's going through it. He got diagnosed a year ago. And just real quick, you guys know what that that bad boy is? What is it? That is Hobie the Baker. Hobie Baker. Yeah. My brother won the Hobie Baker back wow. in the 1981. Uh, no wow. way. That was with that was with uh when Broughton won it. What was uh, his wow. name? Brother's name, Anthony. He won it for he won it in division three hockey. Jim Carly. Good for him. Good, Good for, for him. him. Well, listen, give him our best. God bless him and all of our wishes, best wishes to him. Make sure he joins the show, too, next time. But we'll see you next week. Okay, pal? Thank, thank you, guys. For for me on. Thank you, you. Hey, guess what, Peelzy? What? Guess what, Peelzy? What? Connor Bedard just scored his first goal. I saw <laughs> I told you. I told you you were being too hard on the kid. Holy <laughs> left. Oh, my goodness gracious. You're like, right? you just want to jump on him after the first game. I love it. I'm so happy he scored in my hometown against the Boston Bruins, my team I used to watch. You know, you always remember who you scored your first goal. I'm sure. Both goaltender and team. And uh, that couldn't have been a better time to play. I don't think it's going to have been a better time for Bernard to score because he just took a load of shit from me. <laughs> and now he scores his first goal. I love it. JR, 100th anniversary of the uh, Boston Bruins, buddy. 100 know, years. It's, pre it, it's pretty unbelievable. Hey. Yeah, it's pretty unbelievable. There are. Do you grew up? I assume you grew up a Boston fan, then. I did. I grew up a, yeah. a Boston fan. I grew up. A, Rick Middleton was my idol. Absolutely oh, I love Rick Middleton. Yeah, Nifty Ricky. Loved his hair flowing all over. Loved the way he skated. That was the, that was my guy. So, congratulations for Connor Bedard for scoring his first goal. The Chicago Blackhawks are off and rolling again. I don't think the Boston Bruins are going to be any good this year. Uh, I know they still have Pasta. They still have Marshawn. But you can't get rid of you're, a guy like Krejci, a guy like Bergeron, and expect to have a great season. This you're, year. you're, so out to lunch. you're so out to lunch on that. I told you last week, they're making the playoffs. I guarantee it. The Boston Bruins are making the you're, playoffs. You're, you're crazy. Oh, I'll bet you 100 bucks right now that the Boston Bruins don't make I'll the playoffs. I'll bet you 1000 bucks. okay? 1000 bucks. Okay, you're on. 1000 bucks. bucks. Bruins do not make the playoffs this year, okay? It's done. we got you're a lot right. of witnesses, okay? You're on. Um, let's, hey, I know. I know that um, there's a lot of people looking forward to the games this weekend. Um, let's let's pick a couple games on the weekend that we like because I I just think we have such a great lineup of hockey that's coming coming on board that um, on the weekend there's some great games. I mean, there's like 18 games it seems like on everybody's playing. My Philadelphia is at Ottawa. Unfortunately, Ottawa is going to beat the crap out of my Flyers. I hate to say that. God, that kills me for saying that. That was going to be my game. That's your game? Okay. <laughs> no, no, I can pick another one, but I agree with you. It's a 12 o'clock start in Ottawa. I, you know what? I, I just think, it, you know what? Things aren't just rosy and, and, and unicorns right now in Ottawa. Pinto's not, <laughs> Pinto's not signed. Josh Norris is still out with that shoulder injury. And, you know, there's a lot of expectations for Ottawa this year. They are 1,000% expected to make the playoffs, JR. If they uh, I don't think Ottawa makes the playoffs. Ottawa makes the playoffs. If they don't, heads are going to roll. Because, you, know why, you, I, know why Ottawa, you know why Ottawa's going to make the playoffs? Because they're going to knock Boston out of the playoff race. No, they're not. They're going to beat them no, in front of them. So Listen, that, that's, that's why that's going to happen. E.J. Smith, um, if, if they get off to a bad start in the first 60 days, 
DJ Smith is gone. Joel Quenville's the new coach of the uh, Ottawa Senators. Yeah, we got some. We got some good games though. Chicago is going to be at Montreal, so Bedard's going to go up there. That's going to be a crazy game. Um, you know, I think I I, I think Chicago is going to I think Chicago's going to keep rolling. If they win tonight, I think there's no question they win up in Montreal again with that with that um, excitement with Bedard going up into Montreal. That that place is going to be electric. And when you play your first game in Montreal, oh. I'm telling you, it's it's an experience. And Bedard is going to absolutely love. His first game. Oh at, my god! Up in Montreal, it's it's, a, it's it's an amazing experience. It's you're 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 so right. It's hard to explain to the listeners the the uh, uh, electricity in the building. Hey, Jr. in Montreal. I remember when Mario Lemieux was playing for Pittsburgh, and he would come into town in Montreal. It wasn't just the electricity in the in the building. It was the electricity in the city the entire day. You could just feel. Hey, Mario's in town. The Pittsburgh Penguins are in town. Every playoff game I ever worked there, you come out, they got that red carpet for the officials. You come out of there and you're pumped up. You don't need, you don't need a Red Bull to get you going for the game. No, not at all. But the game, if I was, if I was going to place a bet, uh, the game that, that I would pick that I think there's no way that they can lose this game is Colorado's and San Jose on Saturday night. There's, if, why'd you go San- out on the limb? Why'd you go out on a limb? <laughs> go on a limb. Well, I already picked Ottawa. I'm just giving you a couple. Of the first teams in the league. And again, this kills me to say this because I love San Jose. I love the fans. I love the team. But they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league this year. And it's and it hurts me. And Colorado is one of the best. So way to go on a limb on that one, Gildy. Way to go. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to go out on a limb in a game that I'm going to really like to watch and a team that I'm really going to like to watch this year. And that's the Detroit Red Wings. And I'm going to say this right now. Patrick Kane's not in the game. Patrick Kane's not playing right now. He's rehabbing his, his, his hip surgery. You have Alex Debrinkit, who just went from Ottawa to Detroit. Detroit's going to be a good team this year. They're going to be are. very exciting to watch. And don't be surprised if Patrick Kane ends up in Detroit playing with Debrinkit again because Patrick Kane was pissed when Debrinkit got traded from the Chicago Blackhawks to Ottawa. He was yeah. pissed. And, you know, Detroit is where Patrick Kane grew up playing. As, a, as Buffalo also, he played there with the national development team. Um, he likes Detroit. It's close to his parents. They got an up-and-coming team. Don't be, don't be surprised if Patrick Kane goes to Detroit, and don't be surprised if Detroit beats Tampa on Saturday. That's my prediction. That's a good pick. I like that pick. And, and Stevie Eiserman, who, as you know, is one of the – smartest guys in hockey he's doing a tremendous job there he's doing a slow rebuild he didn't come in there and say we were going to change it in the first year or two he's doing it the right way i agree with you uh they they're gonna have a they should battle for a playoff spot this year yeah oh absolutely without question yeah without question i love reese says i'd like to see detroit return to the glory days and you know even though i can't stand detroit because i'm a hawk I have a lot of respect for him. C.B. Eisenman is going to turn that team around. And I think this year they're going to make a big, big push towards that playoffs. There's no question. Okay, we got one last thing. One last thing before we close this show down. And I know we, we try to stay away from politics stuff or social yep. stuff. But I have I just have to talk about this. Uh, this um, The National Hockey League came out with a, with, a, with a press release saying that there will be no pride uh, nights, no pride jerseys, no nothing. You can't even can't even use pride tape on your sticks um, to honor the LGBTQ community. Um, I don't care what you think of the LGBT community. I, I, I am a fan. I, I will say I would wear the jersey. I would I would put the I would put the the rainbow on my stick. I have no problem with that. Trans community is a little bit different as pertain to where they should go and who they compete against. That's a whole other story. But as far as the pride aspect of it, um, I, I think the I think the league missed this one again, just like they missed it last year when they made or they wanted and required the teams to do a pride night and for the players to wear the jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw what happened with Reimer in in San Jose. Um, he refused to wear the shirt, uh, the pride jersey, because of his religion. And he got absolutely ridiculed and ostracized on social media to no end. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe that the league should make people 
do what they don't believe in. The National Hockey League, they have players from all over the world, different cultures, different backgrounds, different religions. Um, you, For the face of the team, you have to at least honor their beliefs. Now, I say that, I say that for a reason, because I don't think that the league should make somebody do that. And if they don't, they get, they get really put out to the wolves to get, because that's not a team. You don't leave your teammate out to get crushed by the social media, you know, warlords, which it happens. However, my opinion, I'd be very interested to hear of yours. If there's a player in the league who really supports the LGBTQ or maybe has a sibling that's a part of that culture and they want to celebrate for their reasons only, they should be able to wear, put a rainbow tape on their stick and personally support and do that. I totally agree with the personal support. Um, we shouldn't stop people from letting them express their beliefs. Right. We just can't make people express the beliefs that they don't believe in. But I think the National Hockey League kind of missed this one a little bit. Um, and I think if somebody wants to put rainbow tape on their stick for a game, let them do it. Right. It's not going to. It's not going to piss anybody off. And I also, I also think that the LGBTQ uh, community is 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 taking this this a little bit too far. And I'd be be interested to hear yours. Um, just because the NHL is saying this doesn't mean the NHL doesn't believe in LGBTQ. Correct. They love the community. They just want to protect all of the players in their in their organizations to make sure that their beliefs and rights are mm -hmm. safe also. But I know Gary Bettman in the league really enjoys and really grasps and wants everybody to be a part of it. He's so what do you think? It's it's uh, I've got a couple different views on it. I'm glad you brought it up tonight uh, because I agree with you. I think Gary and the league want to it, want to include everybody. I do not uh, agree with, if if Ryan O'Reilly wants to put pride tape on a stick during a warm-up or even during a game, that I don't understand why that's banned. I, personally, uh, my my sister, my 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 own only sister, her son Matthew is my you know obviously my nephew. I love him to death. He's gay. When he told me, I go, yeah, I figured you were gay. I didn't care. I didn't care. I love him. Like I love him. He's, he's, I don't care. I don't care. So I, I feel bad because I feel that, uh, that community maybe feels a little bit like they're, they're, they're not wanted in the NHL. And that makes me sad. And I feel like politically I'm pretty down the line. I look at both sides and I'm pretty even keeled guy. The only problem I do have is I took my daughter Brielle to uh, uh, Blues game, second last game of the year last year, and the Flyers were in town, and it was Pride Night. She's she's nine years old. She asked me what Pride Night was. I changed the subject, not because obviously I my I I don't I have friends that are gay. I don't give a shit. But all my point was, Jer, when I had that discussion, and I still haven't with Bronson and Brielle, my two kids. I want to have it on my terms in my house under my conditions and explain to them yep. what's going on in the world. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, and that's, that's, that's a whole nother conversation. That's a whole other conversation, which is true. So, um, we, we can't keep people from expressing themselves, no. whether they're, whether they're in support or whether they're actually in, in, I, in their own flesh and blood. I think so, the players should be able to express that you, you talked about personality earlier and, and, I think I think uh, you you mentioned about the players uh, uh, expressing their personalities and so on. It's the same thing. If they want to support LBGQ, hundred percent. I support 100%. it. If they, gave, if they gave me a referee jersey with the rainbows and said, "Peelzy, this is Pride Night. You're wearing the referee jersey." I'd be proud to wear it. Yeah, because they should. Right. Me too. Listen, you can't make everybody do it, but you shouldn't stop individuals from expressing themselves. Because right. you, I don't think you're you're not gonna you're not gonna get the same you're not gonna get the same backlash, um, and let's let's hope that the National Hockey League allows 
players to express express um, when they want at certain times. So well, I, Brian, I, Bur Brian Burke, who has a big voice in hockey and, and, and not just in the National Hockey League, but in USA Hockey, he issued a statement today basically saying he was very disappointed in the NHL. Yep. And what they said. And, well, and I, I think the, the, the National Hockey League, the National Hockey League is 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 really trying to to uh, walk a thin line when it comes to these these social uh, issues. I think you know what? Just stop with the social issues. Just right. Just let people be who they are. Let people do you know be who they want to be. Mm -hmm. Let them express the way that they want to be, and just let life move on because all of us would be better people if that happened. So um, we're going to leave it at that, and we are going to end. Week two of Snipes and Stripes here on NoFilter.net. Hope everybody enjoyed the show. Thank you to all the guys that joined. John Duffin, you got Reese, you got Rockin' Reese. Luch, we tried to get you on. Anthony, we love the fact that you joined. It's one of the greatest things about No Filter is that you, the fan, can be part of the show and you guys give us great content. Great show, Tim. Awesome. You brought your mojo. Uh, can't awesome, wait for the weekend. We're going to have a lot to talk about next week. So. Welcome, uh, welcome to uh, another another edition, and I hope uh, we see you guys all next week. Have Love a great you. time, guys.